Hi, I'm Brianne Bennis, and this is No End in Sight, a podcast about life with chronic illness. So before we get started, I just want to apologize that I'm still behind on transcripts. I overdid it last weekend and triggered a pain flare, and I'm finding I need a lot of time to rest around my current round of medical tests and appointments. If you follow me on Twitter, then you might have seen me talking about how my MRI results came back with some potential issues in my cervical spine. If this turns into a whole new chapter in my health, then I'll do a follow-up episode to my story in episode one so that my random interview interjections continue to make sense. Uh, But for now, I just want to say that it's kind of slowing me down on the transcribing front. As for transcripts, if I don't catch up by next week, then I'll switch back to a bi-weekly schedule for a while until everything slows down. Anyway, on to the show. Today, I'm talking to Yvonne Stockink about life after her stroke at 24, chronic fatigue, and choosing not to have kids. And also, uh, Yvonne is from the Netherlands, and I very well may have butchered her name, so I'm sorry about that in advance. Before we start, here's my disclaimer. This podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Make sure you talk to your practitioner about any questions or symptoms. Okay, so I'm still going to start with my standard question. So were you healthy as a kid? How was your health as a kid? Um, well, my health as a kid was pretty pretty normal. Uh, I don't really recall being, being sick much at all. Uh, the only thing is that I had a, um, uh, a hip uh, disease uh, as a kid, which started when I was seven, which kind of presents like... Um, um, like uh, the wear and tear that the elderly get on their um, when you get arthritis, mm-hmm. uh, that would show up on my on my hip bones, even though I was only seven seven years old. And uh, they tried to um, remedy that with uh, with with bed rest. So I would be in the hospital for uh, I think three months or something, but in in traction. So my my legs would be off the off the bed. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, um, wow. Eventually, I got surgery for that, where they um, rotated my hip cup in, into the socket a little bit, and that uh, that pretty much cured it. So wow. that's the wow. only physical thing that I remember having as a as a very young kid. And then I think in high school, I did have some some issues. I had a chronic headache uh, when I was about fourteen, and uh, after that, I had some chronic back issues that lasted for a couple of years. And I've been, you know, seeking various, various treatments for that and went into seeking alternative medicines for that. And I think in hindsight, a lot of it was, I think, uh, stress related because I was, uh, I've always been uh, pretty much a perfectionist. So I've, I, I can recall pretty much running, uh, running metaphorically, but, you know, uh, psychologically uh, speaking, uh, running uh, through, throughout high school and, 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 and on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then when I was 24, I had a stroke, and that, yeah, that that kind of led me on the path that I that I am now, and that 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 still presents my my limitations today. That just came out of having that stroke on. Um, I was 15 15 years ago now. Wow. So yeah, was, you said yeah. 24. 24. Um, so what were you? up to at that time in your life? Were you working? Were you in school? I was uh, eight months out of graduation. I had just gotten my bachelor's degree in public administration and I was working in my very first job. I was working for uh, for a local government and 
I remember uh, being in the car driving. My husband was driving, thank goodness, because I don't know what would have happened Mm -hmm. had uh, had I been driving. Because usually you had been to a, a friend's birthday. And usually my husband would want to, to drink one or two beers, and uh, I don't really care much for that, so I, I drive home. But mm-hmm. that day, I had a, a very intense headache, and I, I asked him to drive back. And I, on, the, on the road, I could tell that my, my uh, vision on the right side was gone somehow, and I was feeling very... Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm tempted to say tired, but it, it's it, it was it was a, something completely different because I felt I was leaning back onto the headrest and I was like slowly sinking into it, mm-hmm. and it felt really uh, odd. And um, I remember reaching for the for the radio volume to turn it down and tell my husband that I wasn't really feeling all that well. Um, it was my husband at the time, but uh, same person. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So you were not married yet, <laughs> we as married. an aside. We got married since, yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, so I, I was feeling, um, you know, uh, really uh, off, and I, I was feeling tingling sensation on the on the right side of my body, and I, I couldn't really see on the right side. But I hadn't really consciously registered that. I just knew that I was feeling weird, and I was. And he said, "Well, do you do you need to go to the hospital?" And I said, no, you know, I'll just sleep it off or, you know, I don't think yeah. it's anything serious. And But he looked at me like, like not really trusting it. And he said, you know, no, I'm, I'm going to drive you to the ER because this doesn't seem right. right. And I said, well, yeah, that's probably a good idea. But I was really out of it. And uh, they uh, on the ER, they, they couldn't really find anything at first because they didn't really suspect me to have a stroke because I didn't present in the normal way. Mm-hmm. I didn't probably- have aphasia your age too. Yeah, my age, exactly. And, and someone had come in earlier that day who had presented with very similar symptoms, but who had a migraine mm. and that can sometimes present in that same way. So they wanted to keep me for observation for 24 hours and, and do some tests the following day to, um, to see where to go from there. And uh, I really went nuts that first night. I, I remember that because I was uh, suddenly hypersensitive to sound and I could uh, hear, um, you know, the snoring of the people in the in the in the ward, and I could hear a nurse moving bedpans on, in the hallway, and it just completely it's like it's it was screaming with loudspeakers into my ears, and really drove me nuts. And they called my husband, I think at 3 a.m., and he uh, he he crawled into bed with me, <laughs> and uh, to comfort me because I was really mm-hmm. upset. And then uh, the next day, they made a scan just to make sure. And then they, you know, a neurologist came by my bed and said, well, you just had a stroke. And, um, you know, but but considering my age, they also said that they expected me to make a full recovery. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's an intense word to hear, obviously, because stroke tends to have a bit of an impact. And it, yeah. it's, I, I still notice that when I when I say that to people, even though for me it's now it's, it's as normal as saying that I have blonde hair, you know, it's just mm-hmm. such a part of my story. It doesn't really feel that way. But I can I can tell people like, oh, oh, a stroke. That's really, you know, yeah. quote unquote serious. And but, it's a big, um, yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big word. It's a loaded thing. But uh, but he did say that he expected me to make a full recovery so it made an impact and we were you know shocked for a moment but we were also you know relieved you know okay this is intense but we'll bounce back and we'll take it from here so and that you had an explanation yeah yeah 
Yeah, I think so. And I think because I, I, le- I listened to uh, your first podcast uh, to, to, to get to know your, your story. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that that was, you know, that that has a big difference that, uh, yeah. for your entire journey afterwards to have to have an explanation from from the get go to have a diagnosis. And you still have all of these symptoms that you need to navigate, but mm-hmm. you know where it's coming from. Yeah. And, um, and so and- with that, so with having a stroke at 24, is there any, what kind of intervention do they do? Because I imagine a lot of this will be rehabilitation and stuff, but what do they yeah. do while you're there in the hospital or what? Well, they had a, a stroke protocol mm-hmm. and that everyone having a stroke um, follows. And the first one is to stay in the hospital for the first six, six days at least. And then depending on how serious it is, you need to stay longer, but at least six days. And I, I only needed to stay for those for those six. And during those six, they run every test imaginable. So, you know, I really, you know, I got the, got the feeling that I was being turned inside out mm-hmm. with all the tests that they could, you know, they made all sorts of, you know, bone scans and all kinds of blood work. And I think I had done, um, they done uh, an aphasia test on me at least twice because, uh, one of my strokes, I actually had two strokes, technically speaking, because it was two separate areas of the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually thinking that maybe perhaps later that night I had a second one. Mm-hmm. And um, where was I going with this? <laughs> the kind train. of tests that they did. You said they yeah. did a lot of aphasia tests. Yeah. I did aphasia tests because one of the strokes was very near to one of the language centers in the brain. Mm-hmm. So it's it's quite for did not have aphasia at all. Mm-hmm. And um, so they, they ran all sorts of tests, but I did seem for all intents and purposes fine for uh, for someone who just had a stroke. So, mm-hmm. uh, so they sent me home after six days. And after that, I had some physical therapy and, and some, um, um, you know, what do you call that? I think, uh, you know, a rehabilitation type therapy where they help you uh, cope with daily tasks. So they, mm-hmm. they helped me to see if I, maybe I needed a, a different tool to, uh, like peel potatoes because, yeah. uh, I had, I have a mild spasm in my right hand. Mm-hmm. So, so those are kind of the things that, that, uh, resulted of it. I have, um, I have a, a field cut as they say, so I have no peripheral vision on the right side. So I can, I can, I cannot see my own hand here mm-hmm. and now, now I can see my hand, but you know, yeah, the, so oh, further sorry, out. This, you know, this, yeah. this is going to be unclear. But that, but that I, was like I, I, I kind of straight out in front of yeah. you compared to maybe a foot over to the side. Now, I just moved my hand off camera, so my explanation isn't any better. But yeah, I, that's what it looked like. So, and, uh, and I have a mild spasm in the right hand, but... Mm, Mostly, the, the biggest thing that has come out of it is that my energy levels dropped dramatically, and I had uh, about 10% of the energy that I had on a normal day before, but um, that was on a really good day. So usually it was a lot less than that. So I, uh, and particularly in those first months, uh, I slept a lot, and at least 10, 12 hours a night. And, and about two or three uh, hours in the afternoon because I needed naps. Mm. I've only recently um, gotten to a place where I can skip those naps. So there's, there's still progress. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's, that's really great. 
but uh, yeah, it's, so it, it was on a, on a really good day. I had about 10% of my energy. So that's, you know, that's, that's, yeah. that's quite intense. Yeah. That's dramatic. Yeah. Um, and so, so you went home after a week. Were you, did you live with your partner or did you live with anybody at that time? Yeah. 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 yeah we had our own sure home. Yeah. That would make a difference too, to go home by yes. yourself versus Absolutely. go home with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And did you go back to work or what did you start doing? Because I'm sure even just that sleep schedule, everything else aside, because I've had that sleep schedule, that sleep schedule makes it very hard to do anything. So how is it coming home? Um, Well, uh, for the first few months, I didn't work at all, but because they... um, we had we had a, a, a holiday trip booked to Brazil, of all places. That's but far. Um, and, and yeah, would have been. We didn't go. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we asked the neurologist about that. You know, we had we had that booked. Should we should we cancel that? And he he was all confident and said, No, I think you I think you'll you'll be able to go. And um, we had planned for that in like August. So in come June, July, I was thinking, you know what, I'm not going to not work and then send people a postcard from Brazil. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Right. So let's just try and, and see if I can work a little bit. And I uh, tried on a, what they call here in the Netherlands a, a therapeutic basis, which means that you, you're just trying it out. Mm-hmm. And um, for... I tried for on two different days, one hour to just be there and you know check my email. And instead of being in the open in the open floor uh, office with everyone else, I would retreat into a cubicle and I would uh, just do a check my email. And I needed to do a 45 minute train ride to get there. And that was so intense to just sit there for an hour. And just check my email and barely talk to colleagues. And I'd go home and I'd manage, sort of. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember coming home completely exhilarated that I did it because I think, which is is telling in and of itself that you're that you're that happy that you can that you, <laughs> that you can uh, be there for an hour physically. But yeah, I just was physically so show up. That I was just I was just lying on the couch in a fleece jacket, uh, uh, in a fleece coat, and a blanket over me, and I was still shaking because I was completely exhausted. And that was that was in summer, so you know it was 25 degrees outside, and and still I'd be I'd be shaking cold. Yeah, and uh, I would be too exhausted because I'd um, I'd try that on a on a Monday, and I was supposed to try again on Friday, but I'd have to call in sick again because I hadn't recovered from that first hour. Mm-hmm. And I tried that for a little bit, and then I you know paused for a few months, thinking oh maybe I need to recover a little bit more, and then come December, at the end of December, I remember thinking I'm, I'm this is I'm not going to do it like this. This is this is just not doable. Yeah. I, uh, and so I, I kind of draw, drew my own, uh, my own conclusion. My, my job was really, they were really supportive and they, uh, they really helped me out and they gave me all kinds of leeway that I needed. But uh, I, so I told them, you know what, this is just, this is just not worth it because right. it's, it's too hard and it's been, you know, I'm barely doing anything and yeah. it really cuts into your social life as well. Because if you have that, that your energy that low, then even just having a visitor from from a, a parent or or a friend for for an hour would be so taxing, and mm-hmm. that would cut would either cut into that one hour I wanted to work 
or if I had tried that hour, I would cancel everybody else. So right. that was way too intense and um so that was you know in in a way that was also an easy decision to make because um because it was that hard so i'm, yeah. I'm still to this day very grateful that that neurologist had was so optimistic at first because um that way i could slowly reset my expectations Whereas had they told me right in that moment, you know what, you'll never work again and you'll, you, you know, you won't have kids and you won't have all of this. Then, you know, I can yeah. imagine you're going into a deep, dark hole of depression. Yeah, it feels but like your life has been I, taken away. I could just gradually discover for myself, you know what, if it's this hard, I don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that, that really helped. Yeah. yeah. And I think you, just the way that you described it, with work is such a good point of, on the one hand, it was taking so much out of you to just go and show up and you're going, well, why am I doing this if it's, it's the only thing that I do all week and yeah. I'm not even, the value that I'm providing them isn't, yeah. like no, nobody's benefiting no. from this. No. Um, and you mentioned, like you said, going back on a therapeutic basis. So in general... How, I guess this might come up again, but how was it in terms of, is your healthcare covered? I think the answer is yes. But is there a good support system there for going through something like this, something disabling? Uh, you mean support system in terms of psychological help or I think I mean in terms of, uh, yeah, kind of everything in terms of what you are, like, what kinds of um, resources do you have access to? So is your medical care covered? Is your mental health care covered? Is yeah. I know there is a disability system. Do you know much about that? Any of those questions? Right, right. Well, I think we're we're pretty fortunate uh, here in the Netherlands. We 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 have a pretty good health care, and mm -hmm. um, I remember pretty much all of it being covered. Mm -hmm. um, we do have uh, what we call a, uh, a personal risk. So there's a uh, a level of about a hundred euros i think a year that the, the those first year hundred you have to pay for yourself but everything above that is covered mm -hmm. i think we'd call that a deductible right just as a right for fun <laughs> so so that's that's kind of you know you have a you have a range every year of what you have to pay for yourself and it could be more because i don't really mm -hmm. <laughs> i tend to not be very up to date on that but yeah you know, that's we are, okay pretty much all of it is pretty much all of it is covered and even if i because I've also had some, um, I've, I've been to, uh, I think, a few over the years, uh, psychologists, if ever I, I had a phase where I felt like I really want to talk to someone because you don't really want to put everything on your partner. I mean, I have yes. a very understanding husband, but it, it can be heavy on him as well. And sometimes it can be a, a great relief to just talk to someone who, who you don't feel is burdened by your story. Mm-hmm. So that really helped, but that, that was all covered. So yeah. the health expenses have never been a factor for me. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. That's a great luxury to have. That's, that's not yeah. given to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was a tangent, but so, yeah. so then you decided not to go back to work. Um, so you're at home and you were living with your partner, not yet husband. Yes. Um, did you guys decide to get married soon after that? We did, yes, because that was actually, that was always our plan, and we had already been together a very long time, because we got together in 1995, 
So that's, you know, ancient. <laughs> yeah, just a couple and, years uh, ago. A couple years ago, yeah. And uh, so, and when it, when it happened, it was 2004. Um, but we did decide, you know, we want to wait until we know for sure uh, if we get into uh, the disability uh, from, from the government. And, mm-hmm. and we both agreed that that wouldn't affect whether or not we would get married, but just the size of the party, <laughs> you know, because yeah. then you'll know if you'll if you'll if you'll have the income to support that. And otherwise, you just have to rethink it a bit and, and make it a bit smaller. Yeah. But uh, thankfully, I did get in. So um, that was that was not an issue. And we uh, my husband proposed to me a year after the stroke. And mm-hmm. then we took some time to plan and we got married in 07. Mm-hmm. In 07. Okay. So it was. Yeah. And actually, that was uh, because it was um, even just considering a wedding day was um, daunting to me because mm-hmm. I could I could I could basically never be active for more than two hours of anything. And mm-hmm. usually if I go to a, someone's birthday party at, at a person's home and I'd be there for an hour, sometimes two, if I really stretch it. I would have to recover from that for two or three days. Yeah. And of course, if you're getting married, you're willing to recover for a month. But um, still, you know, uh, doing it for for a full day, what would normally be be your schedule was not doable. So then one day I had the um, light bulb moment of spreading it out over two days. Mm -hmm. So we decided to have the the. photography session and then a city hall uh, the actual um the actual official ceremony would be on uh, wednesday and then i'd have and then uh, we just i could go home all the guests would have lunch together at my home and uh or at my mother's home and then i'd have a day of rest and on the friday night uh, just the evening we had we had the party for uh all the other friends and all the other family members. And uh, so that worked out great. Yeah. That's so a good to, idea. Yeah. You have to get a little creative and, uh, and you know, mm-hmm. and it worked out beautifully because, you know, you still, none of the guests, uh, only our day guests for the, for the ceremony needed to, um, ask for some time off, uh, for that, right. for those few hours. But since that, that was only a few hours, that was not a big deal. Plus that's, that's just your, you know, parents and, and siblings. So that would be, um, they they are of course willing to uh, to take a day off for that and on a friday mm-hmm. night it's everybody's uh, you know night off anyway so mm-hmm. nobody was really um, out any other extra time so it wasn't even uh, an extra ask of of family so that yeah. was uh, that worked out brilliantly yeah simple i think that's like it's so interesting to me kind of within my communities and books that i've read I've read two books that are about people living with chronic illness who have gotten married in the middle of it. Yeah, right. and and one or two people that I follow on Twitter as well. And it's it's interesting. It's like, and I was not doing well at the time that I got married either. It's like this whole other layer of there's this day and our family and our friends are there and we want it to mean something. Yeah. And, and you want like to be well say, to really enjoy it. Yeah, because that's the thing. I mean, I can I can physically be there, but I don't want to be a zombie. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to actually be feel like a person on that day, and yeah. I, you know, we want to have some kind of energy to to connect with other people, and you know, and mm-hmm. we we danced at our wedding, and and it was yeah, it was really- yeah. 
And that's great. And it's funny, like, we just have to use our coping mechanisms, but more. Because do you... So I guess this might be an in the present question. And I know we have more story to cover. But do you have things that you notice that that you can use a little bit if you're like, I need today to be a good day. So I'm going to drink coffee or whatever it is. Like, are there places that you can tweak a little bit? It can be hard Mm -hmm. because sometimes they have a price too. Yeah, well, for for me, uh, it's it's mostly uh, a mental game. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I noticed that things like coffee or anything else uh, doesn't help. I have for a while used um, a supplement called uh, guarana. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. it, but it's I like recognize an energy the name. Herb. It's an yeah. energy herb, and it's um, it's basically it has the same effect of caffeine only intensified. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, it's like the equivalent of ten cups of espresso, I've been told, Ooh. but um, without side effects, by the way. So that's that's really good. It's all it's all organic and, and stuff. So, um, but I noticed that that really that made me feel a little um, frazzled, like uh, mm-hmm. really revved up in my head. But at the same time, yeah. it's the, so you, you're trying to drive a car, but your hand dra- handbrake is still on, and you're mm-hmm. spinning your wheels a little bit. That was kind of. Mm-hmm. The, the effect it had. So for me, the um, the biggest change um, in in that this particular example, but also the biggest progress that I've made over the years is just by changing the way I think about it. Because you mm-hmm. can you can you can do so much by changing the way you respond to a situation. And yeah. if you teach yourself that long enough, then you can anticipate that and you can structure that. And instead of trying to control every condition, which is very limited and also um, costs a lot of energy to be that controlling, well, if I if I do this and if I do if I only stay for two hours and I'll have to take a break and I'll have to bring my headphones and you know it's 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 understandable and and you know yeah. and, and in a way it's it speaks to um, you know a kind of creativity of a way of trying to do it anyway, but it's also mm-hmm. very cramped. Yeah. And uh, I, I see that more in, in others who are also dealing with some kind of chronic situation and that, that it's a very understandable thing to get into, to want to mm-hmm. very tightly control all conditions. But it's like micromanaging. Yeah. And, you know, you end up wasting a lot of your precious, precious energy by doing that. And mm-hmm. I have found ways to uh, relax more into that. And that took me a while because relaxation is not my natural, <laughs> natural tendency. But mm-hmm. um, I, I've learned, I've learned my, my way into that. And um, now I've come to the place where I know that if I have something scheduled, I can, I can just um, summon it and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Because I, I know that if I can just, and I'll just, um, yeah, I, I just, I just do it anyway because I, I want so much to just do it and I want yeah. to just um, be a person every once in a while. You have yeah. to break out. Sometimes you get this need like you're, you're getting, feeling a little claustrophobic and the walls are just closing in on you. And sometimes mm-hmm. you just need to get out and, and be a person. And I, I go shopping with my sister, for instance, and um, and I know that I can buy everything I need online, but sometimes you just need some retail, right. some actually brick and mortar situation so uh, and just and, and it's not for the shopping obviously but it's just for the for the experience Getting of being out there. Out and doing something normal and and you know talking and laughing and having lunch somewhere and I'd managed to do that for six hours mm-hmm. and 
which is, you know, crazy. It's like a marathon yeah. to me. But I can do that because I'm, I'm, I think I'm running on adrenaline or something. And, um, yeah. and then, but that's, and, you know, I do have some uh, setbacks after that. But, um, but there, I think, lies, lies the biggest challenge to not um, feel defeated in those moments afterwards and not yeah. go into, oh, I shouldn't have stayed this long or I shouldn't have done this or I shouldn't have done that or because, uh, again, how understand, however understandable that is, it just, it just doesn't help you. It's another right. um, big uh, leak of energy where you're, 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 you're really wasting your, your precious resource where it's much better spent to, to just, um, yeah, you know, relax into, into the rest and, and know that you'll, um, be back on your feet again at some yeah. point. So, yeah. 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 It definitely shifts because it's, I think it's totally okay to get upset and to feel grief sometimes, but if oh, that's how absolutely. you feel, yeah. And yeah. I don't think you're saying that it's oh, not, absolutely. absolutely. but no, it's like, think, it can take over. Allow that, but it, I think it's it's one thing to just be bummed about the the and I still I still have that you know I, mm -hmm. I still and I think um, the better I get at sometimes shifting my emotions and 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 sometimes shifting my mindset and I actually get a boost of energy from that mm -hmm. and and that works great and I can do a lot more things because I can do things with ease now that I haven't been able to do in many years and that's really wild. But at the same time, you know, if you, if you stretch that 10% that I have to like 20, it's still only 20, you know, and right. there's still so many things that I can't do. And, you know, I'm not even remotely considering things like a job. I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's like miles away, but still compared to where I, I, I came from, it's, it's a really big leap, but yeah. at the same time, you're still, you're still running into your boundaries on yeah. a pretty, pretty regular basis. And that that still, you know, gets really frustrating. And sometimes, you know, uh, sometimes I can shift my way out of that and just give myself, um, some relaxation. And sometimes it, it just really pisses me off and I just really get frustrated. And then the trick is to just not let the frustration really frustrate me so much, you know, that I'm not really beating up on myself for being frustrated and just, yeah. you know, tell, tell myself, you know what, you're allowed you're allowed yeah. to just be frustrated and not because and because of, of no other reason than that you're just human and mm -hmm. everybody gets frustrated from time to time and that's okay. Yeah. And yeah, and it's one more temporary state. Like this is how yeah. you feel right now and you can just yeah. let it let it be. Like, wash over you. Yeah. And then let it pass. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I okay. think that once you start to be okay with being mm -hmm. frustrated and um, then, then you're already being a little less frustrated. Yeah, yeah. It's it just starts to shift. It starts to um, shift a little. Yeah. Okay. So that was a good that was a good direction. But um, so just I want to come back to so you spent a few years recovering and then you got married and you just mentioned like you're you don't work still. So I would love to know about kind of in all of the different ways. So you're married, you're in your 20s, and you're adjusting all of your expectations for what your life will look like. Yeah. Um, how you mentioned like, that you had a really optimistic neurologist, and you felt like that let you um, kind of make your own decisions about what you wanted to do and what you didn't want to do. So how did that kind of 
process unfolds? Like, what were you trying? What were you ruling out? What have you found that you like to do with your time? This is a really bulky question, but (laughs) however you want to answer it. Yeah, well, I I think I've always been uh, a very ambitious person. Mm -hmm. And that has both helped me and um, hindered me at the same time, Mm -hmm. because it's at the one hand, it's very good to be able to see the potential and and be able to get excited about that because it's a great source of energy to have Mm -hmm. goals that you want to move toward. But at the same time, if if you're too, you know, driven about them, then you're kind of running into your own walls uh, all the time. So that that happened a lot. And so I think even with um, you know, basically what I, what I've been calling, you know, a chronic fatigue after, after the stroke, it was, um, I've had several burnouts com- that compounded the already existing chronic fatigue simply because mm-hmm. I was just trying too hard. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I, and I don't for a second fault myself for that. I mean, I did at the moment, but, but, uh, right. you know, in looking back, I, I can see how, how, how you might do that. I mean, of course you're trying to make the most out of what little energy you have. And of course that leads to some, um, you know, cramped behavior that, that, um, that ends up hurting more than it is helping, but it's so mm-hmm. very understandable to, to fall into that trap how could you not want to expand your world a little bit when it's gotten that small? Yeah. Yeah. And whenever you have a good day or for me, at least whenever I have a good day, I'm like, I'm feeling good right now. What can I pack into this day? And sometimes it's like, don't pack so much stuff in. You, you need to slow down even if you feel good. Um, For for me, it's, for me, it's often um, like the, the, the good days. uh, I would want to make them my benchmark in a way, mm-hmm. because I think, if, you know, if, if neurologically speaking, if this good day is possible for me, then why in the world can I not, can I not have that all the time? Yeah. And that inconsistency has been so frustrating that you, you, you just want a kind of reliable recipe of sorts that if you do this, then maybe you have to compromise a little bit of this. But if you do then do that, A, B and C, then you'll have that high energy again. But uh, I have yet to find one. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's 15 years of experimenting. Let it go. Yeah. Ain't happening. Yeah. Ain't happening. So it's, it's, it's really, you have to work with the energy that you have, but at the same time, and I'm still learning this, to not chase the high moments. Mm-hmm. To not want to tweak the conditions so that you have as many high moments as you could find because you end up working against yourself and you end up with fewer high moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with burnout. Huh. Yeah. That's that really that really hits me. It's true. Trying to find the perfect recipe is a really good way to describe it. Because it's yeah. like I'll look back over the last week or the last couple of days and be like, okay, what's different? And the truth is there's never any pattern. I've never found a pattern. No. No, and I think even if you think you do find a pattern, I think that also can be another attempt at control and att- an attempt to, and you're almost creating like a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, you know, now I'm, I might be able to do better because I'm eliminating coffee and um, maybe that works. And for some cases, it might really actually help. I'm not going to discourage yeah. anyone from, from trying that, but I think for for in some cases, it can just be like those desperate things that you try and you're making them into a kind of, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. Mm-hmm. And it becomes like a, can become 
fer- like religious almost or fervent of like, I have yes. to follow all of these rules and I'm just creating more rules all the time. And at some yes. point, some of those things that you're doing probably aren't impacting what's happening. No. no. Yeah. But, but, then, but then you have, uh, when you start to let go of them, you, you think, well, you, you might not be well without them. And, and you know, there's, there's, there's that whole anxiety. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I found that, that really being, trying to just relax into that a little more and just, and I'm, you know, again, I'm still, still learning that, but to just deal with the fact that, yes, you're going to have a little more energy on some days and a little lower energy on others, and you are not going to find a, a recipe that reliably predicts what you'll have on any given day and you just have to you know yeah roll with it in in to yeah. a certain extent and just accept that sometimes you know and sometimes i also find that i you know like today for instance i am not having the best day and i really hoped because we're having this conversation that i was having you know that it was in my happy bubbly uh state yeah and uh, I wasn't. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it can be frustrating because you you think, well, I want to have this conversation. And then I considered, you know, do I want to cancel and, and, and have a do this on a better day? And I thought, you know what? No, because um, first of all, nothing guarantees that that will be a better day. And second of right. all, I think, you know, we can still we can we can still have this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think that is much more empowering than trying to um, micromanage it and it's mm-hmm. empowering to me and it, it feels like a relief to me to think that even though I'm not having the best day I can still do this and, mm-hmm. and you know it's one of the things that I've written about on on my blog it's it's um, it was called uh, starting a can collection like where I collect the things that I can do because it yeah. shifts shifts your focus in, in a more empowering way and I think that particularly if you're dealing with uh, limitations physically or emotionally, but uh, limitations kind of, um, you know, press a very primal button because I think every single person on the planet has a basic need to be free. Mm -hmm. And when you're dealing with physical limitation, you're feeling very unfree. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very difficult to come to terms with. And I don't think we even should come to terms with it. I think you don't ever have to accept that you're not free because you are. You are free and you have limitations. Yes, but you can still be free with your limitations. Mm-hmm. And I think that that discovery for myself is um, has been the most empowering thing. And uh, it's also why I called my, my blog Embracing My Wings, because it's, uh, you know, you have to embrace the fact that you still have you still have wings. You still have your freedom. You can still go all kinds of places that you want to go. It just might, the picture might look a little different and you might not be able to do all things all the time, but there's so much that you can still do. And the options that, that you have left are limitless because you have mm-hmm. unlimited number. You could, if you made a list of all the things that you can potentially do, you, you would not come to the end of that list because it's, mm-hmm. it's really unlimited. And if you're unlimited, you're free. Yeah. It's still uncountable. Yeah. 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 And it just, it looks different. Yeah. And of course. And the timeline might look different. And you, you can still get frustrated with the, with the certain options that are off the table for you. 
mm-hmm. that can still be a difficult process. And I'm not, you know, discounting that in any way. But I think it is very empowering to shift focus from all the things you can still do and just find a way to enjoy them to to whatever degree you 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 can do that in the moment. And also, like, that makes me think about framing things as a choice, which mm-hmm. actually I think connects well to what we were going to talk yes. about, too, about the family yes. stuff. But it's sometimes it's easy to get really frustrated and be like, well, because because of what's happening with my body, I can't do all of this stuff. And sure, that may be true within certain parameters, but it's also true that, like, I choose not to do some things because... I don't want that energy crash or I don't want to impact. I don't want to have that impact on somebody else or whatever it is. And even as an example that doesn't apply to either of us, some people have a lot of questions about relationships. Like, should I date? Should I get married? Because it is hard for me to imagine what it would be like to have a partner in a caretaking role. Um, And then if you are married, the kid question, which is what we were going to talk about is like, can you have kids? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, there are lots of ways to have kids, even if you couldn't physically um, have kids. But, like, that's a big choice. So yeah. I would love to get into that more now that we know, now that we have all yeah. of the history. Yes, exactly. And, and, it, and it segues beautifully with the, with the, uh, with the choice uh, frame. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I think that that's where your power lies, to just choose how you respond to it. Because you that, that is where you will always, always have your choices because you don't Mm -hmm. have, you know, all the options on the table and you will have to find a way to deal with it. But you do have choices in that. You can, you know, you can be frustrated and you're allowed and you can um, grieve um, Mm -hmm. certain things. I certainly have. It took me, it took me a few years to come to peace with the fact that I might not be able to raise kids. And I uh, remember being very defiant in the early years and I remember um, loudly speaking to my husband, not because he was saying anything, but just because I was really um, uh, like worked out. rebellious in, in the moment. You know, we are having kids and that's just the end of this discussion. I'm, I have given up enough. The line stops here. We are having kids. End of discussion. And um, he was uh, smart enough to, to not fight me on that in the moment. <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah, definitely end of discussion. <laughs> yeah, and because it was, it, it, you know, I, I, I really felt uh, strongly how, how unfair that, that was. And I, because I, I, I studied for, for many years and I have a, a bachelor's degree. So, you know, I had certain, certain smarts and I could, you know, potentially have all kinds of careers. But the only career that I really envisioned for myself was to be a mom. Mm-hmm. It's something I really wanted. And um, so that was really something that, that really hit, hit home. And, and I think that, you know, in, in the moment you're, you're so uh, angry about, you know, this is, this is just happening. And I don't know how we're going to do it, but it's, it's, it's happening. Because I'm, I'm, you cannot touch that with me. That is just... Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that my defiance spoke to, uh, you know, a, a gut feeling that I was already responding to that it wasn't, it wasn't a very likely scenario at that point that, mm-hmm. uh, that's where my defiance was coming from, that I knew that it would not be a very plausible situation. 
because if you're if you're having 10% of your energy on a on a good day then how in the world would you manage with kids and i cannot envision myself uh, with a kid because i you know and i'd have these ridiculous fantasies that oh you know what maybe we'll we'll win the lottery and and i could hire a 24 hour nanny yep which speaks to uh, the depth of the denial that i was in yeah, but uh, you know, you try to envision, you know, maybe a family member will, 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 you know, come to live really close, and you know, they can take care of the most of the things. And, and but even then, if you really make that picture specific, where you're a mom to a kid who really doesn't get to hang out with you much because you're so exhausted all the time that you're in you're in you're in bed most most days, or you know, you're you're so exhausted that you find yourself yelling at them. Mm-hmm. Because your, you know, your your tolerance for for anything is is out the mm-hmm. window. I mean, and sometimes even I, things like noise, like when you know that yeah. you become noise sensitive. Exactly. I mean, you can't really have, um, you can't really have kids and and you know expect them to be quiet at all times. I mean, that would that would not be fair to them. Yeah, or possible and, for uh, a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And. Uh, and I, re- I remember in that defiant moment, I told my husband, we are having a kid and that's the end of, you know, that's the end of it. And, you know, in hindsight, and I, I wrote about this too, that just like that, in that one sentence, I had bargained away my second, because I'd already, I'd always hoped for it for two. And I already knew that that was not, not even remotely possible. And, and even, 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 even later, just the, the possibility that it might be twins Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, to consider having a kid, you'd have to, it has to be a really quiet kid that listens all the time and uh, isn't, you know, isn't um, keeping you up at nights. And, uh, and even then it would, it would, it wouldn't barely be doable. So mm-hmm. if you, if you get realistic about that, then, you know, and it took me a long time, but eventually I thought, you know what, under those conditions, I don't want it. Because that picture mm-hmm. does not look good to me. It does mm-hmm. not look, you know, th- that all the joys that I thought that I would have in having a kid w- wouldn't feel joyful if you're mm-hmm. if, if it means that you're exhausted all the time and you're 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 leaning on your partner even more and leaning on family to take care of them and you're not really being there for them and they have to be quiet around you and have all those all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does not that realistically doesn't look like a wanted picture anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it it does. I relate to so much of what you're saying. And even my sister has three kids and I've spent like enough time with them even. And when they were babies to the present where I know, I know what kids are like, but I also know how different they can be from each other Yeah. because this, I kind of think is part of what you're saying is it's like, they all have incredibly different personalities and they did as babies before they could talk. And you realize like, oh yeah, it's a complete gamble. You could have any yeah. type of kid. It doesn't have to do yeah. with who you are or who your partner is or genetics. I know those are factors, but like yeah. seeing these three kids in the exact same environment who are all yeah. very distinct, you're like, yeah. oh, that's a gamble. That's a gamble on my sleep and my... Yeah. energy and like hoof yes yes yeah. 
Um, yes, and again, I think I wouldn't, I, I also wouldn't, if anyone is listening who is right now dealing with that, I wouldn't discourage them from from anything because I think mm-hmm. you really need to take your time and figure out what works for you because, you know, it can also happen that, you know, it brings you so much joy and delight that it does give you a lot of energy or maybe the pregnancy gives you something that, um, that gives you a boost physically speaking. And, uh, yeah. you know, there are, so I'm not going to, you know, to, to each his own. And for, for some, it really yeah. does, it really does work or you do have a support system or you're and and to, Everyone's situation is different, but I, I, I can say that you, that it is completely possible to be genuinely happy without kids. I, I am mm-hmm. now, you know, I'm, I'm genuinely excited about the fact that I don't have kids. I, I really yeah. do. I've, I've made beyond peace with it. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I'm very okay with that de- with that decision, but I'm also genuinely happy with with how my life looks like, and I'm not feeling the lack of of kids in mm-hmm. any way. So I think how, that yeah, I was gonna say, how long do you think that that took for you? So going kind of from mad, which is understandable when that was a part of your plan. Yeah. Um, I imagine you talked about it with your husband a lot. You probably talked about it with other people a lot. Yeah. Was yeah. there a turning point where you went from, we're going to do it anyway, we're going to figure it out, to, I think for me, this or for us, because again, I'm sure that you were both having this conversation, like for us, yeah. this might not be the best choice. Because I, for me, I'll just project for a second. For me, looking at it, part of it is going, okay, well, I don't for sure have to make this decision at whatever age, I don't know, whatever age you think you have to decide by. It's like, I can just wait and see if my health changes, if it gets a little bit better, if it, you know, it's like there's two competing, let's wait a little longer versus we can't actually wait forever and everything else in that picture. Right. Right. So, um, well, I know that it, 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 it took me, uh, several years. Um, and I think gradually you just make, I, I made more and more peace with it. I do know that my husband made peace with it a hell of a lot earlier than I did because he did mm-hmm. want kids, but I think his, his desire was uh, less strong than, than it was with me. And I think he was also a little bit more, he's, he tends to be a little more objective than I am. So he could just tell that this was just a no go. And he was, he was very much okay with that. Thank, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Because I, I can imagine different scenarios of that, but yeah. uh, he's he's not really even struggled with that, so that that really made it easier uh, for us both. But he's also given me all the time I needed, so never really pressed pressed the conversation because he knew that I I would come to to a conclusion at some point on my own. So that mm-hmm. was that was really helpful. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's a good idea for for partners to 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 really press each other on that. And, you know, you can talk about it, yes, and keep talking about it, but you know you you have to let each figure that out for for yourself because mm-hmm. it's a very ultimately it's a very personal thing. Yeah. And, and uh, I do remember uh, I don't know really what the turning point was, but I do remember what the what the resolution moment was because at one point um, we decided that my husband was going to get a vasectomy, 
which mm-hmm. obviously makes things very permanent. Yeah. Um, and that was, I think, two, maybe three years ago. Yeah, two mm-hmm. or three years ago now. And um, I remember him um, saying at the bottom of the stairs, I was painting in my in my craft room here, and um, he was about to leave, and he said, okay, I'm off. And um, so I said goodbye, and then I registered, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm happily painting in my studio here. And he said, okay, I'm off. And I realized, oh, right. Oh, right. I'd almost forgotten yeah. he was going to get a vasectomy that day. And I'd almost forgotten. I was, I was just, I was just that okay with it. And I thought, wow, yeah. we've, you know, we've, we've come a long way with this. This is, this, yeah. I'm so at peace with that. And that it's, it, it's barely registering that he's permanently severing, literally permanently yeah. severing <laughs> the, the, the option for us to, to have kids because we, before we, we, we'd come to the vasectomy decision, we were both very crystal freaking clear on, on the fact that it, it just wasn't going to happen mm-hmm. because, and even though, um, there has always been progress over the past years. And I can now say that particularly in the past year, maybe two, uh, I'm, I'm doing better than ever, which is great mm-hmm. of course, but I have never once, thought, oh, with, with this level of energy, um, I, I might have been able to do it or, or never, never mm-hmm. regretted it, never reconsidered it. And, and also, um, and I also see that even though I'm doing better than ever now, uh, it's, it's, it still doesn't feel like a fun idea at this point, because it's, it's still yeah. a big leap from where I am now to being able to raise kids and have that even be remotely enjoyable experience. Because I think you have to be and I think that's that's the the brutal thing about it because it is brutal if you're if you really want to have kids and you're dealing with the fact that you might not be able to, then that is is just really it's going to be really challenging and and it's I think it's important to give yourself all the time you need to grieve that because you're really grieving the loss of the child you will never have, mm-hmm. and that is that is all kinds of intense and uh, you know. If, if, you know, if that is, if that is you, then, you know, I, I feel for you genuinely do, because I know how, how hard that is. And, you know, and, and give yourself time with that. But um, at the same time, you can, you can really make peace with that, because you, you, you have to be brutally honest with yourself, but what that picture is going to look like, because um, the dream of you having a kid is, is sparked from you know an ideal health situation so you have to put that dream into the accurate picture of what your life is like and see if it still fits to see if it still looks like a picture that is is what you want because you know you have you always have choices in how you respond yes but you don't have the choice of changing those parameters you just don't so you have a certain picture of what your health looks like now or what it realistically looks like in the near future and you have mm-hmm. to place that dream into that picture and see if it's still if it yeah you know if you if it if you can honestly still say that it looks like a possible thing yeah yeah and i also think to what you said earlier it's important to note that for some people it does, especially because when we talk about chronic illness or chronic conditions, like there is so, so many variables about what's causing people and what's what's causing people to have problems with energy or problems with whatever and what what they're capable of or how long maybe they're capable of running on adrenaline. 
Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, I and, certainly, and I think. I think if, if you do, for, for some that, uh, and perhaps some that, that have, that find that because they're, they're now, through their circumstances, um, forced to be more active, that mm-hmm. their body somehow adjusts to that rhythm anyway. Yeah. So you know, it can so you can't you can't you can't know that. Yeah. And for some people, pregnancy can actually cause some, like a short-term remission, and also breastfeeding yep. can cause a short-term remission. Absolutely. But you can't know. It's completely you can't know. yeah unknowable. Yeah. Um, and I think that yeah. that for as long as I myself have needed the the mental escape of those dream scenarios of, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I'll go into remission or, you know, I, I needed, I needed to cling to that for a moment there. And, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't want to discourage anyone from doing that, even if it is, yeah. even if it is clinging, because yeah. I think, uh, I think it's part of the process and, 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 you know, and for some it will work. So, you know, it's not yeah. even a pipe dream and, and, you know, for some that really genuinely will work. So mm-hmm. keep that option on the table for as long as it feels good for you to have it on the table. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the key part. Like, yeah. does it make you excited to think about or does it make you feel dread to think about? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And can, can yeah. you relax into the picture because it looks good or, or is it something that feels very, oh, if, if all of these ideal circumstances come together, then maybe somehow I can squeeze a little bit of something out of that. And that was, yeah. that's, that's what it was like for me. And, uh, yeah. so, yeah, yeah. I'm genuinely more on that side too. My uh, my my sister got uh, got pregnant a few years back, and and I considered myself, you know, that that would be the ultimate test for me, you know, because I'm yeah. really close to my sister, and we're a lot alike, you know, and I so I thought, you know what, this is a good test because if this is if there's any lingering grief or emotion around it, I, I'm gonna feel it, and yeah. I had none of that. I could I could genuinely be happy for her, and it was not it was not bittersweet for me at all. So that felt yeah. like like a graduation of sorts like okay I'm really done with this <laughs> that's good yeah I made and, the right uh, choice for me yeah yeah and we tried uh babysitting for a little while that once a week on a Monday my, my husband is always home on Monday and we would uh, babysit for the whole day and we tried that for a few months and I I had to give that up too because it was mm-hmm. just it was not doable. I was so exhausted and I needed to cancel all other things and I I needed um, my husband to 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 pick up the slack and I'd find myself you know melting down or or yelling at the dogs later or just completely yeah. so utterly exhausted that I just, I just couldn't do that. And that, that wasn't, that was another hard one for me because I thought, you know what, I thought that I could at least glimpse a little bit of what it was like. And it was exhilarating to walk, uh, you know, a pram across, uh, the, uh, on the street. And just, I felt like, the, you know, I felt on top of the world that day, you know, you're, you're walking a baby, uh, uh yeah. on the street and it's, it's not yours, but I didn't, I didn't really care about that because I felt yeah really happy about just getting a taste of it you know and and it was really and I'm still happy we did that because we did get a taste of it and we now if we're talking to friends who do have kids we feel like we can understand a little bit what they're coming from because we've we've Mm -hmm. tasted a little bit of what it was like and how difficult it can be to get them to sleep or get them to feed and how how nice it is when they sleep on your shoulder and we got to experience all and that's that's really great and that was an invaluable experience that we'll we'll always treasure and we're still 
very close to my little niece and she's she's four now so she's mm-hmm. it's going fast but um but i yeah i did i did melt the day we we decided we had to um it would give that yeah. up too i thought come on where does the line end you know yeah and you just you really wanted to i really wanted to to hang on to that because, but i knew that it wasn't mm-hmm. yeah it and was, you got to it see was really it hard. So, but, uh, but again, I'm really happy we did that now. And now we, uh, we see her from time to time and sometimes we hang out for, with her for an hour. And then we're also genuinely glad that she's going <laughs> after that yeah. hour. Like, <laughs> oh, quiet. <laughs> oh, it's quiet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair. So you, so you all, uh, also get the blessings of that, you know? So it's, it's, yeah. it's again, yeah. that choice of how you, how you look at it. You can, you can stay in the, in the, in the pain of, of, of not having that but you can also just refocus on 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 the joys of having a connection with the little kid that you still get to be around and play with and uh all of the troubles go to mom and dad so we just get the fun part yeah so yeah. you know there's there's <laughs> yeah. good in that yeah. too that is the good part about being an aunt or an uncle an definitely yes, yes. I'll, uh, I'll definitely settle for being favorite aunt yeah um yes i get that and that's a good, I think, like follow-up experience just for you to have to really yeah. be able to know. Um, yeah. Okay. So then what I was also wondering as a bit of a, a wrap-up, unless there's anything else in your mind, but just what you said you are, you still notice progress. You feel like you still are improving. So yeah. what are you up to these days, like 15 years after recovery, which is at this point like a significant portion of your life um what what works for you I guess I'm kind of thinking about let me explain this more one thing that people talk about a lot is like it's hard to stop working and if you decide not to have a family there's all of these things that maybe when you're younger you think will be what is important about your life like when you're 18 or 21 and you're like I'm going to have a career or I'm going to have a family or both yeah, or whatever. And one of the things when that isn't where your life is going anymore is that you have to find a new yeah, yeah. purpose, I guess. Do. Yes. That sounds yes. really serious, yeah, but I guess it is serious. Yeah, that sounds lofty, doesn't it? I, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't really like the word purpose because it makes it yeah. so heavy and filled with responsibility and something yeah. that you have to do or... But, yeah, um, it doesn't have I to do be that. that. I think what There's we're something. what we're what we're all wanting uh, with with that whole purpose idea is is you want fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I think that's what that's what you want that purpose for, and that's what you enjoy your job for. Because while letting go of the job was easy, what is harder is is how uh, a job connects you to the world. And how, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you have the most meaningful or the most regular frequent conversations with the people you work with because they yeah. tend to know a lot about you. And it's it's a, it's a way to get out of the house a little bit and be, be around people. And it mm-hmm. also gives you a lot of perspective because it, you you, um, yeah, you work with a lot of, you know, wide range of people that you wouldn't necessarily be friends with but still have to work with. And that gives you a kind of perspective. But mm-hmm. uh, not having all of that, you have to shape that and I think finding that fulfillment has been a challenge 
um, because I tend to want to make it a little too big and I'm really uh, ambitious and I want to, I've, I've tried to start uh, online business, businesses and, and things like that. And I, I'm very crafty uh, person. So I, mm-hmm. I, I paint and I create stuff and I, um, so I tried to launch that into a, into a business that didn't work at the time, but that was also because I was um, a little too uh, intense and perfectionistic about it. And now I think I'm on the verge of, of launching another one, but um, mm-hmm. I'm taking it slower this time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just leaning in and just knowing uh, that I can just gradually work my way up and I'm learning to lean into this uh, notion of taking turtle steps. Uh, I really like that. It's a concept that I um, came across from Martha Beck. And she calls a turtle step is a the smallest step that you can think of and then cut it in half. So <laughs> it's, it's not even because even baby steps, we, we tend to if we're thinking about baby steps, we, we still make we tend to make them a little too big and we can't do them all the time. And turtle steps are designed to um, to be so small that you can you can barely not do them. Yeah. So, you know, I started um, just a few months ago by just um going up to my art space and just sitting in that chair, just considering of what I might do next. So it's basically just a minute of sitting in the chair. And if you're, I mean, you can almost not do that on, even on your worst day, you can do that. And then yeah. you build from that. So then, then it's like, okay, every day I'm going to go up and I'm going to, you know, draw one shape or something. And then you do that or mix one color of paint. And then because you're, you get used to that, you build a habit around that, and then it becomes easier to do something for five minutes. And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden you're, you're painting every day for five minutes. So those kinds of things work, but, um, I'm with those turtle steps. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, the, that's the, the latest process I'm into. Yeah. And, um, so that, that really works. Um, and, um, the, the mindset shifting works, works, works a lot. So even when I'm sometimes, um, when I feel weary about doing something, when I think, oh, geez, I really, I don't feel up to it. But I know that if I do it, I'm going to feel more fulfilled than if I watch TV on the couch again. Because while yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, and I really enjoy my favorite shows, I get a really you know, good kick out of just watching them. And, and I have the luxury to enjoy them. And that's also a good frame of mind to have because it is a luxury. Mm-hmm. But to to sometimes just think to myself, you know, of how how, uh, how pleasant it would be to to have something done, to just you know to to order some supplies online or to to just do some small activity and to just just think about um, having done it and think about how how fulfilling it will feel to to have done it and to have that intention of you know what I can. And there's that can word again, but I can actually sit behind the computer and I can actually uh, focus on this one simple task for a few minutes. And then I will have something that I can cross off my to-do list. And mm-hmm. I think that can be a very uh, fulfilling way to, to look at it and to mm-hmm. coax yourself into a little more activity if you want to expand that. Also, I think what really helps me is to make sure that I get uh, some form of exercise and uh, mm-hmm. preferably outside. So I have, I have a dog and I recently we have gotten a second one, which is another 
another another breakthrough for me because that was uh, that was a big step because we've had two dogs before, but it was really intense because you know one dog going this way and the other dog going that way, and you're having the tangle with the leashes and everything. And um, so that used to be really exhausting, and uh, now I find that it's 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 almost effortless to walk two dogs. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. you know to a healthy person that doesn't seem like a big leap, but to me that felt like such major progress. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's really good. And now, so now I almost every day I walk uh, both dogs to the park and I let them off leash, and um, you know that's that's really big because you know two dogs can run off in two different directions, and I'm I'm not yeah. doing too great with um, spreading my focus. That that's that tends to be um, you know multitasking not my not my strong suit. If you don't have a lot of energy, then a single pointed focus is usually better. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I'm really enjoying that. And I think that being just the act of being outside and actually breathing in the fresh air is such a simple yeah. thing. But I think it can be can work wonders for your health. It really can. That even mm-hmm. if you just walk outside and just find yourself appreciating the trees or looking at the blue sky and, and just that can really be invigorating and it can actually give you energy. Yeah. And I think that that's that's also an important thing to to acknowledge that. Um, I've, uh, you know, sometimes you think of, um, activities and the expense and what it will cost you in terms of energy and how much you will have to re- uh, recharge from that. But I think that what it really helps to keep in mind that you'll also get something because sometimes you can also get energy by, uh, talking to someone like this conversation yeah. with you yes, it does take some energy, but I'm simultaneously, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't cost me um, quite as much as just the activity does because I'm also getting something in return. There is a, mm-hmm. you know, there's a fulfillment that happens when you make a connection with someone else. I mean, you uh, expand your world in that sense because, you know, for chronic illness, you, your life can become very small. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the walls can, can feel like they're coming at you. But I think with this online world that we also have the opportunity to expand our world to really make the entire world our playground which is really Mm -hmm. exciting you know because i'm here on an afternoon in the netherlands and i'm talking to someone in canada and that's just that's just really fun and there's there's fulfillment in that and there's you know a sense of connection that happens there and that's just so will i be a little bit tired after this conversation sure but that's I'm getting so much in return. So that's, yeah. uh, and I think that's really important to keep in mind. And I think that also makes the, the after um, easier because you, mm-hmm. you really, you know, that's, 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 it's just a price tag of fun that I'm willing to pay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I chose to use that energy and I enjoyed yeah. it. Yes. And now I can think about that yeah. while I rest. <laughs> yes. So, so basically, yeah. So you and it's a, it's a reminding yourself of the choices you have because you always have them because even mm-hmm. on your worst days you still have choices just not all the choices you want but you always have the choice on how you respond and uh, how kind you are to yourself about the process yeah because I think that that's that's also a very big one and I think kindness to yourself includes letting yourself be angry about it from time to time that is a kindness yeah. to yourself to just you know, is you're, you're a freaking human being. And of course you want more than what you've got. And 
you know, just let yourself be angry and let yourself be frustrated. It's all right. And it doesn't, mm-hmm. it, you know, it usually doesn't last. And if you don't, you know, um, if you try not to take it out on those around you, that would help. Yeah, <laughs> fair. But, you know, but even if that happens, you know, sometimes I, when I'm having a bad day and, you know, the, because dogs are very sensitive to your energy. So mm. they'll use that day to be particularly annoying with their behavior and they'll, they'll do things that they know aren't allowed. And, um, I get annoyed with them. And sometimes I, I, I snap at them and a little more fiercely than I really intended because I'm, because I'm really tired. And then, you know, my husband will remind me, you know what, give yourself a break because you know, it's, it's okay. And the dogs will bounce back. They really will. Yeah. It's, it's all right. So, you know, I think that's, uh, and that's, that's a work in progress, but I think it really helps if you don't, you know, I think step one is to learn to not beat, beat yourself up for it. But I think the, the advanced masterclass <laughs> is, is to just, to just let yourself, let yourself have it. And, and yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I just agree. I, I don't have anything also, to add. Ironically, letting yourself feel bad is the, can be the fastest way to have another good day. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to have all good days, then you'll end up with fewer of them because you're, yeah. you're too frantic about it and you're too controlled about it. But if you relax into it and sometimes let yourself have a bad day, then that good day is going to come around a lot quicker than when you, you know, push or get frustrated or, you know, get really worked up about it and you're, you're and, and, and get lost in how you shouldn't be having a bad, uh, you know, a bad day because you did all, you did everything right and you did the resting, yeah. you did the, everything. So, yeah, I think it's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Compassion. It's a process. Yeah, it's a yeah. process. Definitely. Self-compassion. Yeah. Yeah. I've been um, forcing myself to nap more lately, kind of because of what you're describing. Going, right. Sundays you wake up and you know, you know, this isn't a day when anything's going to happen. So why don't you just let yourself really rest instead of half fighting it in front of the television which same thing I think watching television is fine but I think it's so interesting because I think in this in this really fast world where first of all everything's moving everything is moving fast and but there's also a very high pressure on being productive Mm -hmm. but I think when you think about it rest is one of the most productive things that you can do but yeah. yet there's such resistance to really re- lean into rest. And I think even, yeah. even the times when I think that I am resting, meaning I'm lying on the couch and doing nothing but watching TV, but I'm not really resting because I'm resenting the fact that I need rest. Yeah. And I'm, you know, and I'm frustrated with the fact that I can't do the things that I want to do. And if, if that yeah. is your mindset, and that is, then that is basically what your entire body is bathing in. Your body mm-hmm. is bathing in the in the in the frustrations because your emotions really make for what your what your cells are surrounded by. And if instead you think, you know what, I'm just gonna go easy on myself today. I'm gonna pamper myself today. I'm gonna watch my favorite shows, and I'm gonna make myself really comfortable. And I'm gonna give this to myself as a freaking gift to just. Let give my let myself off the hook from every you know standard and yeah. every to do list and just l- really lean into it. Then and I can't always get there. I still 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 don't always yeah. do. But I do notice that when I really 
surrender to that need of rest and 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 actually make it into a treat almost then mm-hmm. those high days come around much faster because yeah. i think that is really when you're actually resting but when you're lying mm-hmm. on the couch and being frustrated about the process which is understandable but it's not very yeah. restful right right you get like thought loops yeah. and yeah negative yeah. thoughts and stuff yeah yeah yeah. You can't always touch, shut that off, so that's that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think mm-hmm. if you can tweak that a little bit and from time to time lean into real rest and you really you really relax into your not doing anything, mm-hmm. then that's a far more productive thing. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> Resting. Yeah, it but is. It's, it's always it's always the uh, it's it's always easier to say than it is to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Easier said than done. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, uh, it's still a work in progress for me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the time, things change. <sighs> yes, I'm going to be thinking about that today. Um, I feel like we've covered a lot. Is there anything that we haven't covered that's on your mind while we've been talking? It's no. okay if no. Okay. No, no. Yeah. Also, I think just because, uh, you know, when you're in a conversation, you really don't tend to even have had space for, for anything yeah. else you might want to talk about. So, yeah. No, but I really, I really enjoyed the conversation and I think we covered a lot. Yeah, no, it's great. Thank you so much for talking to me. I'm, I am excited and I'm looking forward to sharing it. Thank you for listening to episode 28 of No End in Sight. You can find Yvonne on Instagram at embracing underscore my underscore wings. You can find this show on Instagram at no.n.in.site.pod. And you can find me on both Instagram and Twitter at Venice I've got many more stories to share with you. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've been enjoying the show, I would be so grateful if you could share a review on iTunes so that other people know what to expect. As usual, don't forget that I have a small Facebook group called Chronic Hustlers for people living with chronic conditions who are self-employed. It's quiet but growing, and you'll even find a few podcast guests in the group. And finally, this podcast is supported by my cross-stitch company, Digital Artisanal. When I'm up for it, I make simple modern patterns that you'll actually want to hang in your home. I love to cross-stitch as a way to feel productive during flares when I'm stranded in front of the television. One of these days, I'm going to get around to making some new spring and summer panel woo patterns, but I'd love it if you checked us out at digitalartisanal.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>